Um, I'm a little bit undone myself, and so I'm trying to figure out time. Um, one of the things I said last week, remember that, that piece of um, that, that word that talks about not being offended if we go a little bit longer or if things like that happen? Remember? So you've, you've read that, all that stuff, right? It's all good. And so uh, don't be offended if in this season we linger a bit more. Now, we have more time at night. So come at night. The hungry come at night. I hope you're all hungry. So come at night because we just continue our worship. But the thing is, though, I want to invite you into the hunger of God. Today, I want to talk about the language of heaven. But before we get that, I want to talk about a bit of hunger. Last week, we talked about going back to the future. Remember that? For us to be able to go forward, for us to be able to go forward into our destiny, we have to sometimes, and that's what is happening right now in the church, God has to move us backwards and look backwards to go back to our foundations because of our first love, our intimacy with God. Remember that? We talked about this. And I love this when it says there, Fabian, I'm going to skip the mission statement and stuff. Um, we're going to look at the key of intimacy. We talked about it, that Jesus says in John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And he says, he who abides in me and I in him, he is bears sorry, much fruit, for without me you can't do anything. You know, God says, it's not by might, not by power, but it's my, by my spirit, says the Lord, Zechariah. It's raining, it's raining. By my spirit, says the Lord. And the thing is, though, I find sometimes we're trying to do things in our own strength, right? In our own way, even in our church, in our own life. We're trying to do stuff in our own strength. And God says, no, I want to teach you how to do stuff in my strength. In my strength, in my Holy Spirit. So the theme of this, of the next couple of months, really, is still face-to-face. This is still part of the series, face-to-face. But I think it's just going to be face-to-face probably the whole year. It's just because we're leaning in the Holy Spirit and, and we're leaning into his presence and we're, we're learning in, in, about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, which is so incredibly powerful. See, if Jesus can't do anything without looking into the Father's face, how do you think we can do anything and not look into Jesus' face, the Father's face in the power through the Holy Spirit, you know? How can we do this? And that's why, I believe, that's why God is calling us into the secret place. Because in the secret place, you're face-to-face, you worship him, you read your Bible, and, and God starts speaking to you. you, you worship. By the way, uh, some of you say to me, have already told me, that I find it really hard to pray for an hour. Now, so do I. Uh, I think most people, unless you're a professional intercessor, you know, it's like, it's really hard to pray for so long, you know. Now, one of the ways I always, I always think of it, if you have an hour to pray and spend time with the Lord, worship for 50 minutes. What? Just worship. It's like this, get the songs like Jesus' image or Bethel or whatever, put some stuff online and just worship. Put a, put a sequence in the whole thing, just worship, 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 worship. And at the end of that, you're so in, the, in living actually in the, in the heaven because you're seated in heaven anyway. So there's a, there's a connection there with heaven. And then God starts speaking, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, the language of heaven. God starts speaking to us. And that's so beautiful. He starts affirming our lives. But that's where you get aligned in your life. That's where the worries of this world get dissipated. But also that's where the power is because the, you can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. I know it's so simple. We've known it all along, haven't we? The only thing is, though, I wonder how many of us really live in that place. Now, I'm a pastor here. Catherine and I lead this church. Now, I haven't been in that place. Ooh. We pay you to be in that place, Gideon. I haven't. I mean, I spend time, as you know, in a spa, and I do stuff like this, and I do it all the time. And I, spend the, I worship the whole time. I speak in tongues the whole time. So that's not the issue. The issue is I have not really intentionally 
took some time, take some time to spend time with God intentionally. Not just running around as I go on my way, but intentionally. So every morning I get up now, every morning, and the, the, sadly my, I wake up before the alarm bell goes off now. It's really irritating. And the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me already. And, uh, and so I spend time with and I this for this for at least an hour, hour and a half, two hours. I just worship. And I'll write in my journal. And I'll listen to the Lord. And I worship a bit more. And I come into this beautiful place. And I can face the world. And things, even the pain of this world. And the pain, you know, people pain is really bad, right? We all have it, right? In your work, wherever you are, you won't believe it. Even in this church, people pain. Even in this church. But the thing is, you know, it's amazing. When you're in the space of the Holy Spirit, even the people pain. Well, they touch you because you're a human being, but you can actually give it a place. You can actually be strengthened in the Holy Spirit in those beautiful, beautiful areas. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. And that's why I said last week, remember I, said, I talked about Martha and Mary. And so they have this wonderful time with Jesus. Now Martha is running around getting the lattes and the biscuits ready, right? And she's rebuking Mary for sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus rebukes her back. That's pretty strong. Jesus, son of God, rebukes her back. She said, Mary, Ma Martha... Mary is doing the right thing. There's only one thing important that's sitting at my feet. What is he doing? Of course, you have to sometimes do stuff and work and, and get pickies ready and lattes and things like that. He is trying to show us how to prioritize our world. This is how you look. You go first, sit with Jesus. Mary has chosen the right thing. And out of that, of course, she will serve. Of course, she will do stuff. But he is, I believe, was redefining what it means to be in the secret place because that's where he lived all the time. And so we sit with Jesus. We sit with him in the quiet place. Amen? Where's my, where's my thing going? My music. Han, what happened? <laughs> give it up for Han. Come on, give it up for Han. <laughs> Han. Han is the man. The woman. The woman. The woman. <laughs> Priority in his life. Man. See, what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing, I believe what he's doing, I think he is re re shifting, of course, shifting us, shifting us into a posture of always living in this place. That wherever you go, whatever work you do, whatever you go in the world, whatever relationship, anything, that you have this posture always of seated, of being seated, of sitting, of posture, of looking at Jesus all the time. Where am I going now? What am I doing? Like Jesus did. That posture of sitting. See, the anointing already increased. Did you feel that? See, we're, we're emotional beings, and there's a bit of music. It always helps, you know. So, so it's really powerful, the posture of our heart. That's why God is shifting us into a posture, back to our foundations of first love. First love. A lot of us have lost our first love, and God is calling us back. I want to take you to um, Pentecost, of all things, because... Um, he was speaking to me about Pentecost and what's, what's, what's happening right now, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit even worldwide in different uh, places. And I want to go to uh, Acts 2, um, uh, 14 to 21. Then Peter stood up with the 11, the lost one, Judas, you know, he killed himself and he was like unfaithful, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. The, the, the outpouring had just begun. Listen, these people are not drunk. If you go a bit earlier into Acts, you see that the people were drunk. The Holy Spirit fell on the 120 and they, were, they, they looked like they were drunk. It says, they are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken to the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Amen? 
on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, bless this word to our use right now in Jesus' name. You know, so I, I think it's a powerful scripture because the Pentecost falling on this beautiful time is beautiful. The 120, you know, they were so affectionate with Jesus. They were in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, go, the Father will send the Holy Spirit. Go into the upper room, stay there and wait for... So they were worshiping Jesus, full affection of love for Jesus, waiting, waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. They were so hungry in this way. By the way, did you see that video that came out three days ago of in the, some of you may have seen it, in the upper room in Jerusalem, like the real upper room, the original upper room. It, it's, they say it's the upper room. Let's believe it is. People don't know exactly what it is. But anyway, it's upper room. We were there a couple of years, five years ago. And in the upper room, and they were all speaking in tongues. There was like a riot. Because we were there. It's like quiet. And people like, you know, it's very holy and room you know like this you know but of course when Pentecost fell the whole of Jerusalem heard them singing and speaking in tongues and crying and dancing and screaming and yelling and joy all of Jerusalem says here they could hear them from the upper room 120 people and the fire of God had fell on their lives and the pillar of fire that we saw in the old covenant the pillar of fire by day, by night and the cloud by day had come on Pentecost and it spread them all them and it put them all fire into them from top to bottom not just a little thingy on the top no no from top to bottom they were filled with the holy spirit and things changed things changed the manifestation of the spirit came upon these 120 and it was just amazing and then the people outside are starting to mock how typical criticize how typical isn't it amazing how many people start to mock and criticize even the asbury Awakening, revival, whatever you want to call it. Just a bunch of young people who are just worshiping Jesus. It's amazing how Facebook becomes the throne of so many people throwing rocks at what God is doing all around the world. But it happened there too. These are religious spirits, you know. And people who are face full of religion, full of religion in their own way. We've got to watch out that we don't live in religion, people. We live in Christianity. We don't live in religion. God wants to kind of purify us from religion. Yesterday I had a word that I felt to say. I'm trying to find it where it was. I said, we can be so religiously Christian. Religiously Christian. I think God is changing everything. I think it's going to change everything. And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be such awe of God, like amazing, the fear of God. Don't be afraid of the fear. The fear is just beautiful. The fear, do you know what the fear means? It's like if I have the fear of Catherine, Fear of, God, fear of Catherine, that means like I don't want to do anything to offend her because I love her so much. That's the fear of God. The fear of God is you love Jesus so much, you love so much in awe of Him that you would never do anything to offend Him. You just love God. This thing you know. So the fear of God is back. Holiness is back. Did you know that? Yeah. Holiness is back. I mean, the church started to look so much like the world. Come on, let's be honest. 
even, even marriage, they say marriage, marriage breakups, they say it's very similar to the world. I don't actually don't think so because the way they do stuff, but I think it's still better in the church. But still, isn't it terrible that, that people say, hey, it's very simple in the church and then all stuff on the media. And not only that, it's often proclaimed as worse, the life of a Christian, worse than the world. So Jesus is coming back for a spotless bride. So what's he doing? Now you've been made holy, of course, in Christ, obviously, and we are. Thank you, Jesus. Our spirits are beautiful and ready. But man, our lifestyles and our thinking and our attitude and the stuff that's going on. I mean, sorry, am I allowed to say this today? I mean, the thing is, though, it's, it's, it's been quite bad, really. See, God is cleaning us up. He's cleaning us up. He's cleaning us up, but not in a performance way like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Okay, that's religion. What he's doing, he's drawing us into intimacy. And when you come into intimacy, you love him so much, the other things just disappear. Doesn't mean you have to, don't have to see a counselor. Some of us have to see counselors. I saw a counselor for two years. That's fine. See a counselor if you need some deep work. Have a sozo, wonderful ministry, sozo. But they were fired. They were, so they were, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and there were signs going on like this and it felt a little bit like, like this thing of, of, of Holy Spirit. They, 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 outside the church, outside the upper room in, in Jerusalem, they heard all these things going on, all this commotion going on. I don't even know where I am anymore. I'm trying to figure out where I am. Just give me a moment. Just say hi to your neighbor. I tell you something, you know when it's a real move of God, when attack starts happening. I've been amazed how many of our staff and of our leaders have been hammered the last couple of weeks. Maybe some of you have too. Like particularly in the dream area. Come funny dreams and like violence and things. See, the enemy is not liking this at all. In the same way that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, he's not liking this at all. And so the religious spirits and all these things, the demonic strongholds and the powers of darkness will get upset. They don't want to, they don't want to change the status quo. They don't want to see revival in this nation. Keep the church under 10%, if that. And a lot of them are named Christians. They're not really walking in the fire and the power and the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit like Jesus walked. Jesus says you'll do better miracles than me. And if you raised the dead lately? We live so below what God wants for our lives. And so God is calling us back into this wonderful Jesus life, which is just powerful and glorious but the way to get there is actually to spend time with him because he is the reviver he is the healer he is the powerful one so that's what he's been doing right now and i tell you if you feel hammered by demonic stuff or things that are going on make sure you go back into the secret place and just worship him because they can't stand worship the other day i um i was half half asleep half awake and um i got in, in my image i was this vision of five guys coming to me like big guys. And I was kind of a little bit like, oh man, who are these guys, you know? And then one close to me says a big smile, you know? And then it was gone. I said, that's my angels. I said, I knew they were my angels. I've never seen angels before. Now, some people have seen the big angels. I don't know, some of you see angels even now. There's angels here everywhere. So, I mean, some of see big angels here, you know, and amazing. But I don't, see, I don't see angels. I can't see angels. Anybody see angels? Anybody? Hello? Anybody can see angels? Okay, cool. Are they here right now? Can you see them? Not. 
Jesus. Send your angels, Lord. Send your angels, Lord. Anyway, I saw those five angels. I know they were my angels. I just knew it. I just knew it. And I know that all of us have angels. I mean, the whole thing of angel administration, that's not even being, being taught these days in the world. I mean, it's going to be, there's twice as many angels than demons, right? And the demons are in, somebody, in so many other people. So there's a lot of angels that are free, right? There's at least one angel with you all the time. So it's full of angels here. I believe I have at least two or three just for my, to cope with my wife. and no. It's the other way around, actually. I think Catherine to cope with me. You probably have the angels. I remember earlier on in, in our ministry, Catherine got whacked the whole time. I said, I haven't got a great life. You know, I was just bruising, breezing along and playing my drums and worshiping and preaching. I said, I feel so good. Nothing ever happened to me. So no, I'm hammered, being hammered all the time for you for you it's coming through me i said well thank you darling what a great wonderful laying down your life for me <laughs> you know it's wonderful but so she needs more angels than i do i tell you but the angels are there be aware of angelic stuff and you'll you'll notice more and more as we go into the secret place as we go into the anointing into the glory you'll find more and more angelic activation and stuff now you don't worship angels right you understand it? don't worship angels but we can't th- we can thank the lord or we've asked god to send them if you want more, say, help. It's not just the Holy Spirit, it's angels. Anyway, sorry, I was not in my notes. I was just talking about stuff. I don't even know where I am anymore, to be honest with you. So, so, so this, this Holy Spirit is poured out at Pentecost. And then Peter, see all the mocking and the stuff outside Jerusalem. He said, I better say something about this whole thing. Why it is authentic. And he says, actually, it's authentic because the prophet Joel spoke about this. He prophesied that this would happen in the last days. So he talks to all those guys in this speech. Remember, he stands on the soap and talks to Jerusalem and tells them about this thing that is read about Joel. See, Pentecost is a prototype revival for every move of the Holy Spirit that has been for 2,000 years. And any move of God that you've seen, even the big moves, the Great Awakening, Toronto, uh, you name them, all those ones, you can see the similar fingerprints of God over those things. It almost always is the love of God. It has to be. It almost always is repentance. And repentance can be sackcloth and just on your floor and face on the floor because you just feel so bad about what we've done. That's fine. But more, 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 it's more like changing your mind about, man, I thought this and it's actually that. How dumb have I been? And you go repent into, back into, into the Holy Spirit. Often it has manifestations. That's where people get really offended. People fall over. People start shaking. And they say, ooh, what's that? You know? You don't have to be afraid of that kind of stuff. Maybe you get overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Something has to happen, you know, because otherwise, you know. And it's also in the Bible, by the way. Anyway, so, so all the stuff, that, so the fingerprints of God have been over all this revival, but it started right here at Pentecost. He said, at that day, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. <clears throat> Say it, all people. All people on all flesh, other translation says. So this is not the power of the Holy Spirit on some people, not on some selected people, not on some kind of really holy people or the intercessors or whatever. It's poured out on all people. Now I tell you how offensive this would have been in those days when Joel said that. Because this was such a male-dominated society, right? The religion of the world, can I say, even now in the church, is still very male-dominated, chauvinistic bunch of people. Not here, not here. We've learned. But it's so bad. So the women don't get released at all. It's so bad. 
He says, all people, the power of the Holy Spirit will go on, all flesh, all people, mighty women of God, mighty men of God, mighty children of God. It was such a generational cutting of barriers. It's a multi-intergenerational outpouring because you see here, young men, will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Doesn't mean I don't see, as an older man, I don't see visions or that, that's not the thing. It's just young men, you know, you can, it's, it's everything. It's just trying to say something that the dreams and visions will be outpour over every, every generation in this way. I love it that the juniors, our kids are being taught how to pray for people, how to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is no junior Holy Spirit. So they're trying to do so. All these guys are looking upstairs, you know, and say, how can we pray for the people? I think it's going to come a time that they're going to come down here. I think they've been learning, and they're going to pray for all of us. So the little children, five-year-olds come, and I want to see people like this. We haven't got many wheelchairs here right now, but I like to say there's people coming out of wheelchairs or whatever by, by these little kids. And so we have a passion to, to see these people raised up, all these people raised up, the youth being raised up here to see miracles. Come on, the youth walking in the fire and the Holy Spirit, they know exactly who they are, they know the power of God, they lean into the Holy Spirit. The young adults, come on, and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, 80, 96 we have in this house. So all in the power of the Holy Spirit because this is the gospel. If you're not feeling this, then it's still available to you. If you're not feeling it, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give it to you. It comes to you when you're hungry. You say, Lord, that's why you go to the secret place. Lord, I'm hungry. I want to be here for you. I want to have your Holy Spirit. I want to feel the freedom and the love and the power and the joy of the Holy Spirit. We should be the most joyous persons in the world. It also broke class barriers. Every of my servants and both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit. It's not just for kings and priests and people like this. It's not just for professional people like Catherine, myself, or whatever. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter how much income you have, what kind of house you live in, what kind of job you have, or anything, what color skin you have. It doesn't matter. It is for everybody. The Holy Spirit. If you're hungry for God, I wrote this down. What God is looking for is a people who are hungry for His presence. And I want to go for that, guys. I want to go to be so hungry. And I want you to come back tonight because we've got more time. In the morning is kids and stuff and things. We only can do so long. And we could go longer, but some of you would be very upset. God will deal with that attitude also, but it's not an issue. But the thing is, though, the thing is, though um, what I'm trying to say is leaning in and be hungry for what God wants to do. Everything in the Bible is still available to us today, amen? If it's in the book, it's yours. I'll say it again. If it's in the book... Bible, it's yours. And you just look at me, I don't know what you're feeling, you're just all looking at me and I think like, I don't even know what you're thinking right now as I'm speaking. See, the thing is though, what's happening right now is a shift going on. It's basically back to basics, it's really what it is. It's just that we have gone so far as a church from the original template of Christianity. And so I think we've got to go back to Jesus, go back to the Holy Spirit, go back to simplicity right to sit with him I tell you don't let your lack of enthusiasm passion become the measuring stick for somebody else's hunger Whoa. you know so, so it's so it's so easy to criticize other people 
Yeah, but he's like, even me, you can say to me, yeah, but he's a professional Christian. We pay him to be religious and happy. So, hey, you can pray more than I can pray. I got to go to a job. i tell you something. You make my job not that easy. It's a difficult job. A lot of people lately have said to us, how did you even survive the last three years? i tell you why. how I survived is leaning in. There's no other way I could have survived. Catherine and I could not. We've, 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 we've thought about, not really, but we, it came across our mind. Is this the right thing for us to do still? So many of our friends and colleagues have quit the ministry because of people, because of criticism over COVID and all this nonsense. You've got to be pretty strong these days, you know. But I tell you, my strength comes from God. That's why the secret place is so important. Your strength comes from God too. Whatever our roles are, I've got this role, you've got your role. Whatever your role is, go into the secret place because he will keep you safe and, and, and fired up and you can face anything. David says, I can even walk into, into a, a horde of, 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 of enemy and just an army. How could he say that? Because he was so intimate with God all the time. And you know, because of his intimacy with God, that was he was made. The only man in the Bible was called the man after God's own heart. Guys, we've got to go back to his heart. There is no other way. There's simply no other way. And I have vowed, Catherine and I have vowed that we would go there and, and cost may, what it may be. Michael Jackson had a great song, Man in the Mirror. And I tell you, sometimes we criticize other people for what they do or what they don't do. I would suggest man in the mirror what about what about if God wants to shift you what about what about not saying whatever you know that church was only being like this don't do that don't do that we say Lord how can I become like that you know Paul says even follow me as I follow Christ right okay I challenge you follow me and Catherine as we follow Christ it's biblical right okay let's do it that way is that right not to be very special but we are leaning in and we are paying the price and I'll sacrifice my life for this I'll never go back to anything else I can't he's just taken my heart he's just totally mesmerized my heart he's just so beautiful he's just so beautiful and he's looking for hunger he's looking for hunger are you hungry for more of him are you leaning into the Holy Spirit are you sacrificing even time to be with him carving out some time in your busy very important day we all think we're important but what about his importance? What about being Mary and sit at his feet for a while? Say, Lord, this hour, this half an hour, this time, I'm going to sit with you because I want to be with you. I'll ask you a different way. I wrote down here. Where are we, you, we, showing our hunger? Where is the proof of your hunger that you're leaning into the heart? What would it look like? What's the proof? If I could say, hey, you, what's the proof of you being Leaning in. What would that be like? What would, what, 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 what would I see? It's a good question, right? You don't have to answer right now. It's just for you to think about. What would you see? Hebrews 11 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God rewards those who are diligently seeking Him who are hungry for His presence. I love this in the Passion. God rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. Well, that could be a nice logo for our church. We are the people who give all our passion and strength into seeking Him. Well, that will change our world. That will change our lives. That will do, right? 
What a challenge. What a challenge in our lives to seek Him in this way. I'm so incredibly challenged by this. See, if we want to be revived in our own ways, then we've got to spend time with the reviver. We've got to spend time with God. Secret place. Seek His face. And then at the end it says, verse 23, I'm almost done. It's only 10 to 12, guys. It's raining outside. Where are you going to go? Park? It's raining, man. Let's just stay here. Let's cuddle up. Let's keep going to 6 o'clock and we'll go again. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 21. It's interesting that salvation of everyone call upon the name of the Lord is preceded by this manifestation of the Spirit, of miracles and visions and dreams. Miracles are the dinner bell of salvation. See, miracles often precede salvations. And I wonder, I wonder if, if the reason that we don't see as many miracles in the Western world is that we as a church have not really leaned in and gone after the miraculous in people's lives to break out. And we see here that the guys were so affectionate for Jesus in the upper room, waiting for the Holy Spirit. There's such affection in their lives that after that, direction would come out of that. What to do in life and how to live my life. See, sometimes we are more concerned about our direction. Lord, where are you going? Where are you taking me? And God is saying, I'm actually more interested in your affection, not your direction. Because I know when you're affectionate with me, I will lead you. You know exactly where to go. And so we put the cart before the horse sometimes. And so things are changing. God wants us to lean out of this place of intimacy. We're so busy for life. What to pay, what to wear, what to do, who to marry, what car to buy, what, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we're so living in the natural <clears throat> so much of our time. But God says it's all good. But I want your affection first. I want you to go for me first. I want you to go back to the future. I want you to go back to my heart. I want your heart. I want heart to heart, face to face. With you, into a, into a place of outpouring. We are just pouring out our love and affection to Him. And out of this place, we will see the things started happening in our lives. And so this is a season right now that God is calling us into intimacy, into devotion to Him only. The presence of the Holy Spirit. I think I'm going to finish the rest tonight, Catherine, or something. Because I can't, I'm... I'm They'll fire me if I go too long. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Out of the affection, the overflow of your affection with God, then He gives you the desires of His heart in your heart. It says in Philippians here, look at this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Isn't it wonderful? That's what I want. Otherwise, you get in such a performance attitude, right? I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and all your strength. And God says, No, it's not by your what you do, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Leaning to my spirit, and I'll tell you exactly what to do. Matthew 6 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will also be added to your lives. Seek first the king, seek first his face, hunger for more of him, and then you'll see everything else fall into place. Okay, five more minutes. Can you give me five more minutes? Okay, I'll, I'll make a start and next week we, we continue. Or tonight. No, next week. Also tonight, but next week with this particular thing.
Now, what I want to show, because that's what the, the talk today is actually called the language of heaven, and we haven't even talked about it. Just for five minutes, okay? Just, just humor, humor me. Oh, I'm so sick of this tooth. In two, two weeks' time, my new tooth is there, so I don't have any. I'm so glad because I am so frustrated by this, by this lisp that I have in this thing. Kathy says, I can hardly understand you sometimes. I say, I know, I can hardly understand myself anymore either, you know. It's just this little tooth like this. And so in two weeks' time, I have my, oh, yeah, sorry. One of the main ways that God speaks to us and brings direction and his heart into our lives is through prophetic visions and dreams. Right? We read this before. It says here, your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. I want you to just contemplate, just for, for a few minutes, is that the spirit language, the language of the Holy Spirit is dreams <clears throat> and visions. We have to understand the language of the Holy Spirit when we have relationship with Him. <clears throat> it's often through visions and through dreams. His native language, the Holy Spirit, is not Kiwi. It is not Dutch. It is not even Hebrew. Right? But the, the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of heaven, is dreams and visions. It's impressions. It's burdens. It's tongues. It's prophecy. It's pictures. It's inspirations. It's inspired utterances by the Holy Spirit. It's singing psalms and spirit of spiritual songs, songs of praise, the Word of God. It's a language from a different world. The whole Bible is a prophetic word of thousands of prophecies that have been in the Old Testament. And of course, many are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And some are still of the being of, it's all a prophetic book. We are a very prophetic people. So when we lean into the Holy Spirit, when you get to your secret place, when you start worshiping Him, you find that you, have, you get dreams and visions. He starts speaking to you in these things. So I would like us to activate these kinds of things in our lives because in the New Testament, like I said before, everybody is called to be prophetic. Not everybody is called to be a prophet. A prophet? Some are prophets. Catherine is a prophet. They train people and there's different, different, this is a different level really. There's different gifting really on some, the fivefold. It's a prophet. But everybody's called to be prophetic. One more and I'm done. Paul says, follow the way of love, which we talk about, leading into God, loving Him and loving people, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people, to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries in the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And I really want to encourage you when Catherine starts her beautiful um, prophetic course again, that we all learn from the in this way because it's very powerful. Now I want you to to basically stir stir your stir your imagination even now as I finish that that to be very sensitive to the speaking of the Holy Spirit in this moment in this day. All of us can prophesy means me all of us can have pictures from God. The only thing you have to do is to lean in. It's amazing it's like this far away. So I still see anything, you say. I don't see anything. Ask the Holy Spirit because you can just step into it. Often I said, I'm, I'm go to a meeting. I'm so tired. I said, I don't want to do anything. And God said, well, you're here now. You've got to do something. And then I just put my mind into this, and this whole thing opens up. And so I want to encourage us as we grow that we learn to prophesy and learn to see the dreams and visions as God speaking to us and through us. And become this wonderful prophetic community, which I'm going to talk about next week. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that we are leaning into affection, loving you, loving you. Lord, this is what we want to do. First of all, loving you, Lord. 
We want to have affection above direction, Lord. We want to put your heart before your hand. Lord, so many of us look for hand provision. But Lord, we first want to look to your heart. We want to worship you and give you all praise. Lord, we fully surrender like we said before. I surrender all. We surrender all to you. You have our undivided attention and devotion. We want to live a lifestyle of face-to-face like Jesus did with his Father. And Lord, may we go to places in our personal life, in our church, where we have never been before. Lord, we say that we are hungry for you. We are hungry for your presence. The Bible says, Jesus says in Matthew 6, I think, or 5, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. Lord, fill us afresh here this morning. Let the rain that we hear outside, the rain of your Spirit, Lord, come into our lives. May it refresh us. May it refresh us. Oh, we're so hungry for you, Holy Spirit. Bring another revival, Lord. Bring another Pentecost, Lord. We need your infilling, Lord. Those who are dry, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name.